Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Tuesday, August 25th. Father Paul, how's it going? It's going good, man. How you doing? I am doing well, and I want to start off this episode with this little clip for you. The inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! So for all our uh, listeners who are not the biggest sports fan, because I know we have some that are big sports fans, some are not. Uh, Dallas Mavericks played this weekend, and for all those people that are like, oh, Joey, you're a bandwagon, whatever, sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay. I'll, I'll go for the Mavs. Um, I mean, my other teams are very locked in, but basketball, you know, okay, whatever. I am a Sixers fan. It did not end so well for the <laughs> <No>. Sixers <laughs> this year. Trust the process, not so good process. And so, um, but I will root for the Mavs. I rooted for them when they won the championship back in the day and now. 2011 um it was a very exciting so this weekend during um <laughs> sunday your day of work right like mm-hmm. um oh that was sunday yeah because it was i was catching it in between masses right catching it in between masses and you heard that call so luca Doncic, Doncic, Doncic. you're Doncic. saying it like stephen a smith says it there you go well Doncic. i like stephen a Sometimes. many people don't but so what did you feel in that moment? Just, okay, so here's the thing. Got a little little backstory. I'll make it quick. I was... I don't believe that statement. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I thought I was going to celebrate the 430 Mass, and then it ends up that Father Henry and I went to a new schedule this weekend. Um, just that part's not super important. I wasn't celebrating the 430 Mass, I did have an appointment to meet with somebody from about 3.30 to 4, so I missed kind of the second quarter of the game, but I was mm. watching the rest of it. Which, and if people don't know, the Mavs did not start out so well. They were down by 21 at one point. Which is a lot. Which is a lot in basketball. <laughs> if you don't know sports or basketball, 21 is a lot in basketball. They come back. They're on a roll. They're hitting everything. They're up, up by, by 11. Tw- I think 12 well, was the highest at one point. And then, of course, Mavericks can't stop Kawhi Leonard for anything. Mm-hmm. He is just dumb. And Lou Williams can't yeah. stand that guy. Me and neither. so, um, <laughs> really can can't. we? I don't know. Can we say that as church workers? Sure. I, I just can't. I didn't no. say hate. I just said no. can't stand. Can't stand for it. Yeah. I'm not going to. There you go. So, and then go ahead. You had your appointment. Oh, so I had the appointment. And then I was watching the game in my office right next to the church. Um, And one of the things that I take very seriously, even though it's kind of a small thing, but I think it's very important, is going after all the masses to greet people as they're walking out. And Mm. obviously during COVID time to do that socially distant and stuff. But it's like, this is the only time I see a lot of our people every week. And if I don't have a mass I'm celebrating, and if at all possible, I want to be there afterwards. Yeah. So I'm listening to the sound from the courtyard and realizing, oh, no. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to finish watching this game. And then it goes into overtime 
And I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have to go greet the people right now. Should I just skip it? No, I can't. I've got too much of a sense of obligation. And so, <laughs> so I ended up like the way the game unfolded with, I don't know, seven seconds left. Right. The Clippers hit a three to go up by one point. And then the Mavs, it nine uh, it's seconds. nine seconds. Uh-huh. And then the Mavs kind of wasted six seconds, got fouled, went out of bounds, and there were three seconds left. And that's when I stopped watching the game. Would you pause it? I paused it, yeah. And then you turned off the alerts on your phone or you didn't I check your phone? I had already deleted the NBA app, which sends me these preemptive alerts sometimes, um, just in case I could see this situation lining up. And so I just straight up deleted that app, Yeah. paused it, and then I went over... And greeted the people, and I'm just thinking, like, how did the Mavs throw this away? It's such a beautiful comeback. Like, I had no hope, right? That entire time. Yeah, I mean, after that three pointer was, oh, it was hit, just a dagger to like, the heart. Yeah, um, it was like all year they've been doing. And that. it was for what, those who Marcus didn't know. Morris. Like, I mean, he can shoot threes, but he's not one of their main guys. He just hit that corner right. three. It wasn't like Kawhi came down, great shot. No. You're being beaten by Kawhi, LeBron, by like Steph or Curry, even somebody, somebody like, like Lou that. Williams, who's prolific scorer. Yeah, or um, like six man of the year or whatever yeah, it is. Exactly. And so for all those people who are like, what are they talking about? Anyway, the Sports point things. is, um, so, I, so, so what, go ahead. So the point is, after I finished greeting people. And kind of, you know, waiting for everybody to disperse. Then I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to watch the Mavs lose in this last three seconds. And I walked back into my office, turned on the game, watched Luca hit that step back jumper, that three that you just played the clip of the sound, Mm. and just froze. I was just paralyzed in my office, just staring at the wall. Like, I think if I was watching it real time, I would have like freaked out and been celebrating and dancing around in there and all that stuff, stuff I normally don't do. Um, But because I had like stopped it, detached myself from the outcome, basically given up and then decided, oh, I'll just go watch the last three seconds. It just, I was stunned. I had nothing. It was the most joyful, secular moment (laughs) um, (laughs) of my life. Just sitting of your there. Life. Well, not of my life, but but no, just like, you just said it. Can't take it back. No sorry, take back. Finishing of the your phrase. Life. It's an idiom. Um, and uh, I was just like, I don't even know what to do. The Mavs just won. They 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 actually just won. And I kept rewatching it to make sure that they didn't like take it away, like overturn it. He stepped on the line. They didn't. Win. It was like four feet behind the line. Um, or like there was some technicality or something just like, oh, it's actually real. He actually just did that. So, yeah. Now, what would have happened if, I just want, to pick, want you to picture this in all its glory. I would have loved this. But w- you're greeting people after mass. <laughs> and a family comes out and they know, they, they listen to the podcast because, I mean, we're world renowned, all of that. Mm-hmm. Little kid like six, eight years old. It's like, Father Paul, congratulations on Luca's game. You know, what if their parent gets it? It shows their kid. The kid's pumped. He knows yeah, you're a Mass fan. Like they fan. checked it right after yeah, Mass like, in the time between Mass ends and they walk out to see me. They yeah, check yeah, their yeah. phone. Yeah, they're listening to We alert. Walk by Faith and they're hearing the faith of the... Yeah, they've just you know. got the earpiece in and they've been listening to the game the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> the obligation's removed. So they're just, you <laughs> yeah, know, so... Apparently, and, anything goes. <laughs> and anything goes at the church. And so a kid, like, tells you that. Like, I just, like, what would you have done? Well, the thing is, 
I really didn't think there was any chance. Like I had given up on them. Um, and so I would have been you just like surprised, th- blown away, maybe thinking like he's talking about some other game. He couldn't possibly know the outcome right now. Um, I don't so know. Essentially you're saying stupid kid. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, I, I would have not trusted not until trusted. I'd seen it. Um, or like just thrown them in the fountain. Gone, gone for <laughs> <laughs> I just, I can't believe that it was so great. Um, I like wish I would have like been in the office or we ha- had a security camera that could have shown the footage or like or I'm just like leaning back dejected and then I perk up and then it's like oh no oh oh my oh my goodness and then just catatonic like nothing just mouth open staring at the wall they just won that game I wish you would have my wife was watching an episode of the office the other night um, the one where like Andy in it like gets so angry he punches a hole through the office wall like that's just what i want to picture is like you're having to call maintenance the next day and be like hey you remember when luca hit that three i kind of punched a hole in my wall i don't know if i would do that for happiness but (laughs) i did like i do kind of have a history of of doing stuff like that out of frustration <laughs> a history of doing well, when stuff okay like so so i was a big astros fan growing up and we had to listen to it over satellite radio from bermuda they didn't carry the world series when they made it and that, our, that's why that's a travesty within itself it, it is that's a whole yeah whole, whole other thing. thing go ahead but i was so frustrated when they got swept or or like some key moment or maybe it was in the uh was it the nlcs um Mm. when Pujols hit that home run off brad lidge which like just destroyed like the most electric closer in baseball at that point and he never recovered anyway i almost broke my hand on the sink of the bathroom um and uh yesterday when morris hit that three (laughs) i did there was this huge hardcover book on my desk and i did like slam it pretty hard just fist down and it was like oh no I hope I didn't bruise my hand. <laughs> Bruise or break it. Can't, Hairline fracture. You can't celebrate the sacraments because you can't like raise the Eucharist up because your hand is broken. Because of a basketball game. Because of a basketball game, which is kind of a good segue, not being able to celebrate the Eucharist Ooh, of a, okay. uh, our topic today. So um, I read an interesting article that was forwarded to me by Nikki, my wife. Um, I just also my shout out to my wife because she always is like, why do you always say like Nikki, my wife or like my wife, just say Nikki. But I'm like, what if somebody doesn't know new listeners, new listeners? What if I don't know who you're talking about? (laughs) Then she's never going to allow you into our house again to eat our food and drink our Topa Chico. (laughs) So, um, but anyway, she forwarded me this great article. Um, Mm. and of course I closed my window browser. So as I pull it up, essentially, this past year in August, um, the doctrine for <laughs> the congregation of the faith. Well, congregation for the doctrine of the faith. Whatever. CDF. The, the CDF. So let me pull it or up. Or an Italian. CDF. Is, is that a real thing? No, it's a real thing. Okay. C is C. D is D. F is F. Okay. GDF. Anyway, so on August 6, 2020, the Vatican Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faithful issued a response to a question regarding the validity of baptisms mm-hmm. in which the words used by the priest or deacon are different than those in the approved liturgical text. 
specifically to say, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, does not convey the sacrament of baptism. Rather, ministers are a are to allow Jesus to speak through them and say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You may be saying to us, okay, what relevance does this have? Well, there is a priest by the name of Father Matthew Hood. Um, and I'm forgetting the diocese he's from. Detroit. Detroit, thank you. So he recently was watching a family video taken at the time of his baptism as an infant. And then reading the note issued by the Vatican, Father Matthew Hood was devastated to learn that a deacon decided to change the proper words of his baptism. (laughs) Father Hood immediately contacted the Archdiocese, and the proper steps were taken to remedy his situation. He now has been validly baptized, confirmed, and ordained. So the Archdiocese of Detroit goes on to like answer a bunch of questions, but if people didn't catch that, essentially by him not being baptized correctly meant he was not a priest. So yeah. he was ordained in 2017. So for the last three years, uh, I mean, it, multiple things. We'll go into the sacramental issues, but... Mm-hmm. He was not a priest for the last three years because he was not ordained. So here's the thing. I'm struggling with this one. Mm -hmm. I just want to, you know, I work for the church. I believe, obviously, in the institution of the Catholic Church. Um, I believe in our tradition. I believe in our magisterium, all of that. I'm really struggling, (laughs) though, reading the forum that follows up this about how... um, yeah, really, all these people are having to probably re-jump through hoops to do things and the the consequences that all this has created. And yes, we can get into that. But before we do get into the sacrament implications that I don't know if people are really realizing at this moment, like yeah. just to toss out, like, man, he really didn't consecrate the Eucharist, all those masses, he said. Yep. That uh, if he confirmed anyone during COVID, they weren't confirmed. <clears throat> that reconciliation they were not forgiven of their sins well uh, we can talk about that one but right he didn't have the authority to forgive sins Mm -hmm. anybody who was um received uh last rites anointing of the sick right (laughs) that Mm -hmm. did not count um or anyone who was married was not married in the eyes of the church-ish, we can once again talk about those little things. A couple but, are the ministers of the sacrament, right. and he's the witness, but yeah. And it, people are probably saying, well, what about baptize? baptism? Excuse me. He, well, we believe that anybody is actually allowed to confer the sacrament of baptism in the case of an emergency, mm-hmm. and so therefore it counts since he used the valid words of baptism. Right. So, Father Paul, you always have a lot to think about before I become probably annoying to listeners and just complain. I don't know. Give me your thoughts on this. I thought it'd be an interesting topic today. Yeah, it is an interesting topic and it's it's super important, but it is super thorny and complicated to sift through. Um, Feels and and this is not the first time you've heard about this. Oh no. Uh, about this particular one or this kind of thing? This kind of thing. No, this is the first time I've heard of it with respect to a priest who is then ordained but yeah we'll get into some of that so the first thing is like 
What are some immediate takeaways from Mm -hmm. here? Uh, The first is like, okay, the church really does believe that the sacraments like do something, that they're real, that they're not just symbols. Amen. um, Because otherwise none of this would be going on. Right. If we believe that, you know, baptism is just a nice sort of ceremony to confirm what's already taken place in us, um, this, this would, this would not happen. This would just, the diocese would have said, all right, well, whatever. I guess no big deal. And and send it back. So, like, we have to take the reality of the sacraments very seriously. Um, And that includes the reality of the words. Now, it starts to get a little bit more complicated because, like, another another immediate thing is, is we baptized really all that different? Like, what's the big deal? We, I, maybe it's the royal we or... You know, Trinitarian, we are like, whatever. Um, right, which you're probably getting into, but so our people know, right? Like, every sacrament has a form and a yeah. matter, yeah. and proper form and proper matter. Like, you could not be like, oh, we ran out of wine. We're in Texas. We're going to use sweet tea for the sacrament of the right. Eucharist. No, it doesn't work that way. It has to be a certain type of thing with wine, yeah. with Grape bread. wine and wheat bread. Yeah, Like, you exactly. can't use rice cakes. Exactly. Um, and the church has the authority and does set uh, certain limits to what what counts when it comes to both the, the form and the matter. But it's important to recognize they don't have perfect freedom to change everything, right? Like for the, the non-negotiables in every sacrament, right? right? Yeah. So, um, for instance, in the Eucharist, right, the priest says the words that Jesus said. At the Last Supper, this is my body. This is my blood. The church has no authority to change that and say it'll work just as well to do this other thing, right? Um, because it's in divine re- revelation. There's other things which you know she has. She, the church, has has more. <laughs> sorry, it's just how you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feminine in every romance yeah. language, and yeah. anyway, um, but so that's that's important to recognize and. So, like, the basic thing is you have to do what the church says uh, when it comes to sacraments. There's there's some different moral theological principles that you could apply to all sorts of different situations where you're like, well, you know, in doubt, like, uh, the law doesn't bind and stuff like that. But when it comes to sacraments, the church has always been very, very, very conservative. Very, mm-hmm. it, Not in a political sense, but in, like, like... We want to make sure that nothing funny is going on here that right. could put the validity of the sacraments in jeopardy because we see what happens uh, when that happens. Now, there's a couple other issues I'm just going to throw out, and then I think we'll probably take those more one by one. But right. like, like immediate reaction to this would be, that's not fair, right? Yeah. Um, like, this seems ridiculous. It seems legalistic. This isn't a fair way to act. So that's one thing to consider. Another immediate reaction, like, so how widespread is all this? Right. Um, How many, you know, invalid baptisms have happened, which have invalidated all the other sacraments that somebody's received after that, that we don't know about. Yeah, you you received, you brought up when we were talking about this before, you received baptism around the same time as this priest. Yeah. You know. 88, I was baptized. (laughs) Right. So, you Um, know, like. So, so yeah. And that's a that's another one that I think we need to spend some time on. Um, and then 
Uh, oh, I had a third thing, but I can't remember it. So, um, and, and I think there's just a sense of futility. Like, how could we possibly know? Um, it, it's kind of like contact tracing with COVID, right? When I tested positive and I was a an asymptomatic positive, um, it was so hard to figure out, like, okay, who could have possibly been in contact with me? And then for them to figure out who could have possibly been in contact with them. Right. Um, and it gives this sense of like, what can you possibly do about all this? Mm-hmm. So I know that that sometimes I can get into the weeds and lose sight of the forest for the weeds, for the trees. Um, sure. So I do just want to give a preliminary response to those things right now. And then okay. at least from my perspective. Great. When you're faced with something like this, right? Um, there's sort of two poles that you have to, to hold. Uh, one is that our God is good and merciful and that this is classic line from the catechism, but although he binds him, he binds himself to the sacraments, which means that when you do the sacraments with the, uh, with the intention to do what the church does and you observe the right matter and form, um, like, we know with certainty that God acts through that. It's not magic. You're not conjuring, right? It's not mechanical, but God has promised, I will act through these sacraments. So we know that, but we also know that that's certainly not the only way he asks. He, right. he, he acts. Um, so like, that's a very important thing to keep in mind with all this because of how like frustrating and impossible this can all seem. What about all these people who receive the Eucharist from this priest and it turns out he wasn't actually a priest and he didn't know they didn't know that's not fair where they denied that grace god's not bound to this to the sacraments as the only way of communicating grace and i would like to think that with him being perfectly good and and love and all the good things um that you know he takes this into account right so that's that's one side of it but then the other side is like um, okay, you know, what if, what if this happened to me? What if it happened to me and I never knew about it? Right? Like that sort of the, the impossibility right. of, he like, never had, he never had a yeah, what camera. If, yeah. What if we'd never known? And it's like, okay, what ifs are one thing we should presume that unless we know otherwise, the sacraments are valid, Right. Um, because it's the responsibility of the minister. They're not hard to celebrate validly. Mm-hmm. Like it's not complicated unless you're trying to play around with things like the Steakin was. Um, so we should presume, and this is actually the case with marriage as well. You presume that a marriage is valid unless you have good reason otherwise and an investigation has gone on. That's a whole different thing. Well, it's related, <laughs> but not not to get into that right now. Right. Um, so with presuming that, when knowledge does come to your attention, you have to act on it, right? Yeah. And like, I know we want to extrapolate into all the the what ifs, but like, I don't know about those. I presume that they're valid because, because, <laughs> because right. priests and deacons are trained to do this and it's not hard to do. So there's not like a level of expertise that only some could get. Um, it's pretty basic, uh, to, to confect a valid sacrament. Right. Um, but when knowledge like this comes to our attention, we have to act on it uh, to try and like 
fulfill justice. Right. Um, which unfortunately, even though it's scandalous, right, this would be much better if it could be taken care of behind closed doors because right now, like scandal is putting a block in front of somebody's faith. Yeah. Um, like that's actually what the Greek word scandal, <laughs> scandalon means. Mm-hmm. It's a stumbling block. Right. And when something like this comes out and causes people to start doubting and questioning their faith in the sacraments and is that priest even a real priest and all this right. stuff, like it's causes scandal. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because the scope of this was so broad, I think they have to make it public. Right. Yeah. No, so no, that, no. so I that, agree like, with that. um, because then you get accused of hiding and doing all that. Like, yeah, and like we terrible. have to try and you know, confirmation. Well, I don't know how many confirmations he was doing because that's right, really that's more of a probably, bishop's yeah. thing. It was probably um, only because of COVID, or uh, maybe a yeah, few other handful like, of situations. But like, I would want to know. It would devastate me if I'd been going to a parish where I found out that it wasn't a, a real priest, right? Um, and there's other reasons, right? There are imposter priests sometimes. Not in actual Catholic churches, but in churches that sort of pretend to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and like what this, <laughs> a, a takeaway as I keep saying from this, is that like not just anyone can do these things. Like the church takes it very seriously right. that you have to be a validly ordained minister right. to do I, these sacraments. Yeah. Okay. I guess a Go little ahead. rebuttal of this though is for me, just to quote back to you. So you talked, a good example is the Eucharist, right? You talked about using the actual words of institution, right? Yeah. Um, And we know that from sacred scripture and tradition in that moment, right? I don't know this fact. We should have probably looked it up, and maybe you know it off your head. Probably. When was form, the form of baptism, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, started? Because to me... That was decided by very smart people, a lot smarter than me, probably at some council mm-hmm. or something, to d- decide that at a certain point, correct? Yeah, I want to I qualify that, but... Yeah. So my partial struggle in this, if you can see it, is, you know, it's not like we're being like, well, right here, you know, even in Matthew 28, <laughs> Right. Go therefore, it's a Trinitarian it, it, formula, but it's an imperative. Right. Or did, actually, it's a uh, it's a participle, baptizing. Right. I've always of. understood because I work with youth here. I work with RCAA adapted for children and youth. Like we know that if somebody comes in and says, "Well, here's my certificate from another Christian denomination that says, you know, Redeemer, Sanctifier, and or, or Creator, Redeemer, Sanctifier." There Thank you. Yeah. Um, we know that's not valid because the Trinitarian aspect. And you mentioned a second part that was like, you know, we believe in this, you know, merciful God. He's not bound by this. Could this not be the place of the church to be like, you know, we believe in proper form and matter. This was not malicious in any way, right? Like, probably. What? On the part of the priest, right? There was nothing like... Mm -hmm. Like his intent oh, yeah. wasn't no idea. like, right. He had no idea. We can't say like presume. I, I don't know. You, you know what? Yeah, I, I'm I just like struggling with that, that it's like, okay, I want to understand it deeper. And it because a lot of people accuse us and use us as the Catholic church of like rigidity and mm. 
legalism. Th- legalism. People have been <laughs> turned away from the church because of issues, you know, that it's like, yeah, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me either. And like you said, I worry about it, about being a stumbling block. And at least if I read the article online associated with it, where it's just like, you know, like kind of here, here are the sacraments, here are the things being like, did you receive the Eucharist? No. <laughs> you know, like, did you? <laughs> yeah, they did say that in their q <laughs> you know, like, I'm like. A little blunt. Right. And I understand you got, you have to be a little bit black and white in that because mm-hmm. they don't want it to be misinterpreted that no, you don't have to get, you know, married or you don't have to actually receive it. But you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling yeah. with that, that like the form was inspired by obviously God, but established at a certain point. Mm-hmm. We couldn't like Pope didn't have authority to just be like, yeah, actually, like I'm going to fast track this. And because we believe in a God who's not bound by this. Yeah, so here's here's my my response to that, um, and it's twofold. Um, the first thing is it's important to clarify what we mean about God not being bound to the sacraments and what sacraments actually are. Right, they're conduits of grace. Right, they communicate this divine reality of grace to us. Right, and God can communicate grace in other ways. An outward um, sign, right, of an inward grace instituted by Christ. For the salvation of souls. Nice. Thanks. Very good. I teach confirmation. Yeah, (laughs) obviously. (laughs) Um, So, like, take take this as an example. A visiting priest comes to hear confessions at the church, um, and you you go to confession. You have every right to presume (laughs) that the confession will be valid. Right. Uh, he sort of mumbles the formula of absolution. I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. By the way, it's not magic. You have to say that with the right intention. Right. So just because I said that right now doesn't mean like everything in this room just got absolved. Right. Um, but <laughs> by everything he means me. <laughs> yeah, I just Joey. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I'd extend it to inanimate objects. You need matter as well. You weren't confessing sins, but. Um, but neither should you play around with words. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Get, getting sidetracked. Can't even get a sentence <laughs> out before I get sidetracked. Um, but take that example. Priest comes in. You mumble. He mumbles. You don't quite hear him all the way say it. But you're like, I'm pretty sure he said that. And then you find out from somebody later who went to the same priest that like, no, he actually he changed the words quite a bit such that he invalidated the absolution. Say you find out 20 years later, right? And now you're in one of these like crazy situations. Uh, do I have to reconfess those things? Like, e- even that's a different different thing. But I think in that moment, it's a reasonable belief or a reasonable thought that God communicates the grace to you of absolution from your sin, even though the priest invalidated the sacrament. Because God can do that. I think that that's a reasonable thing. The thing is, right. we don't know with certainty. Not right. in the same way that we know when the sacrament is validly done. Right. Because God has bound himself to the sacraments in such a way that we know that he always acts through them. Right. We don't, it's, it's the same if you can't get to confession, uh, especially during COVID time, right? Something we've been talking about 
uh, throughout all of quarantine is like, if you can't get to confession, make or ask God for the grace of a perfect act of contrition by which he forgives your sins, mm-hmm. um, but which includes a resolution to go to confession as soon as possible. Right. We don't know when that grace is communicated. We have, we can, you know, we can pray for it and we can count on the mercy of God to a certain degree without presumption, right? Right. But we know when the priest says, I absolve you from your sins, um, that God is acting in that moment. So so that's a distinction. I don't, I don't know if it came out as clearly yeah, as I wanted it, it to, did. but that God can communicate these graces to us in other ways, but we don't have the same certainty that, that he actually did. It's and like it's when not a, that we don't trust him either. It's right. just a different kind of thing. Right. It's like when a teen says, well, why can't I in my, you know, my bedroom with my true, like authentic heart, like say, I'm sorry, God, mm-hmm. you know, forgive me. And it's like, yeah, I don't know that, you know, he can't, you know, but no, of we course know he with, can. right. With like that's certainty. part of the belief of the church. Right. But that includes a resolution to go to confession right. to obtain that certainty. Yeah, and with um, that certainty, and you hear, you know, and then I tell them, don't you want to hear you're forgiven too? Like, don't you want to <laughs> right. hear like that, yeah. that also, that absolute, and, and you know, and we there's could, a, there's yeah. other things involved yeah. too, like, yeah. uh, but this, the second thing I wanted to touch on in response to what you said is, like, about the, the form, the words, right? Mm-hmm. When were these set? Couldn't the church change it? Um, I don't, and that, that <laughs> also is, people are probably like, Joey's a heretic, fire him. <laughs> he's not, he's, he's playing devil's advocate and right. actually like, he's asking good questions. That's yeah. Right. That's What's right. up? Yeah, Sorry. I'm trying right. to affirm you right yeah, now, yeah, yeah, but then you're acting all weird about it. I so. know. There you go. Um, the, th- okay. Sorry. There's a lot to that question. Yeah. But I'm going to focus on this part. The theological reason given as to why we baptize you versus I baptize you is that it is not <laughs> it is not I, but Christ acting through me mm-hmm. who baptizes you. And that's why we is inappropriate and not just inappropriate, but actually untrue. That it's that Christ is the primary actor in all of the sacraments. And that includes baptism. Yeah, because so, you're saying, if you said we, you're saying Jesus and me have this authority to baptize. Yeah, or in, I think what, right? this, what this deacon intended was we, the community, um, baptize you. Right. And like, it's kind of a, a nice idea, but then when you push at it a little bit more, it's like, well, I don't want to be baptized into the community of St. Philip's or whatever. Like, like that's, I, I mean, in, in a good yeah. way, but it's kind of... Kind of like, uh, like what St. Paul says about, um, you know, factionizing. Yeah. Like, Apollos baptized me. Paul baptized yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, no, this is Jesus Christ who acts through his right. minister. It doesn't matter um, what parish you're from. Like, it, it what matters yeah. is, you and know. I like, don't want to be baptized into, like, a community of people. I want to be baptized into the body of Christ. Right. Like, incorporated into that reality. Yeah. And so it's Christ who immerses us into that reality through the sacrament. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, as to when the form was set exactly, I don't know. But I imagine that, like, the first person um, in all of these sacraments, like, I confirm you, I baptize you, I absolve you, that that first person singular, the I part of it, um, 
it, it seems like something that follows necessarily from Revelation and our understanding of what the sacraments actually are, that right. that couldn't be any other way. It couldn't be a passive. You are right. baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the right. Holy Spirit. So, Do you that, mind if, okay, yeah. listen, this is so, so good, and we've, we've taken already more of our time, but I want to end with one thing and skip our normal ending and go with one more question yeah. on this. Are you yeah, okay with that? I didn't so, read anything anyway. <laughs> Some fancy football stuff. There you go. Um, um, so what do you say? Because I want the takeaway of this not to be like, oh, this is crazy or that's unfair. That, But what do you say to somebody to either help somebody else out or for themselves to like not be fed up kind of with the bureaucracy of the church? Yeah. You know, like that's what I want the takeaway to be. And kind of the lasting thought is like, mm-hmm. How can somebody walk away from this after hearing this and be like, yeah, but I I still have, you know, trust in the Catholic faith and in the church, right? Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was actually my fear in, in talking about this at all. But I think it's important to talk about this because it's out there. Yeah. And I want to address precisely that fear, Right. right? You know, how am I? How am I to know whether I was baptized validly, right? Or whether this priest is a real priest, or right. or last Sunday did I actually receive the Eucharist, or, or was you know, or did like, he hold some intention in mind, like while saying Mass, I intend not to do what the Church <laughs> intends right. with this. Um, like, how do you know? And then. My my fear is that people hear things like that and it starts a spiral of doubt and anxiety and that's what scandal does. Yeah. Um but I think like in all things it honestly it's just an extension of like our life of faith anyway. Um that faith gives us certainty concerning things which are not seen. Yeah. That's uh that's how Hebrews talks about faith. Um, faith is the proof of, proof of things not seen. Faith is trust at its base. So when I say things like proof or certainty, I don't mean mathematical. I mean the kind of certainty that you have when you really trust someone who loves you. That's everything in our life of faith, including the sacraments. This is a particular example of when that, that faith can be tried Right. Because it's so surprising and so unexpected. But like our life is a life of faith and faith is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I would say to people who, who hear this and feel like they're struggling is pray for the gift of faith. Yeah. Not in any sort of like, you know, if I'm struggling with this, then I guess I don't have faith. Like that's not what I mean at all. Yeah. Like faith is a gift that we should keep asking for. Right. This gift of a deeper rooted trust in Christ that acts as an anchor. It's actually hope. The letter to the Hebrews says hope is our anchor in the heavens and the holy places by which we participate in that reality already. Right. Um, but to to pray for, for an increase of faith, to make what's called an act of faith. Right. Lord, I believe in you. Yeah. I trust in you. And St. Augustine, right? And help my unbelief. Right? Well, that's actually uh, 
from the Gospels. Classic oh, Joey. Classic Joey. Classic I was going to say. Just like JP2 said. Do not be afraid, JP2, a.k.a. Jesus. No. So. Lord, I do believe. Help my unbelief. That's from yeah. the Gospels. And, and St. Augustine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that was a good discussion. I thought so. That was all right. Uh, I hope it's clear. Yeah. Um, Love questions, it, you know, like we always do. We take topic questions. Yeah. And it presumes a lot of knowledge on things. And I was trying to explain as I went, but I understand if it's kind of kind of confusing. Yeah. I hope at least the takeaway was clear. Yeah. And the takeaway is like, Luca's got the best three-point step back. Oh, my gosh. In the league. Like, that's why I'm so happy today. That's it why just you're is. so happy. Two days later. <laughs> that's right. So on behalf of... Uh, Joey Scancella and Father Paul Bechter, we want to say take care. And God bless.